Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately, they're getting out of hand. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Herbert, you're insane! Now what happened? I had to kill him! He's dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life, and not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. It will scare you to pieces. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. all go fuck yourselves. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, we're gonna do it live. Yeah. <laughs> Though you can't hear anything. How do you know I'm playing that? I, I can very vaguely hear it. Just like a little bit in the background. Oh, really? Yeah, just a tad. Oh, okay. Well, that Welcome. works for me. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. Yes, I did start playing the old opening. We yeah, played. We I played heard. the other one for it's over a year, mm -hmm. which just means we need a new opening. Right. <laughs> so, I figure I'd change it up a little bit because I noticed because I've been listening uh, since I got the new vehicle, uh, since I got the new truck. I've been listening to our shows more because the the new the new truck comes with uh, USB ports, mm -hmm. and I could just put all of our stuff on a USB like flash drive. And uh, so I've been listening to our stuff and been listening to some other podcasts too. And I noticed that as as a viewer, the opening, the one that we were using, the one you did, is is really good. But you don't really you don't really hear anything. Right. You just hear our music, which our music's great. But as a as a, as a listener, yeah, you don't get much. You you just get the music. But so I think, and I know one of the, the complaints that you had was that we had too much talky stuff in the opening. But I think it, I think we need a nice mixture of that for yeah. the listening audience. I agree. Anyway, whatever. That's that's production stuff. It is. Yes, it is. Welcome, everybody, to Movie Sucktastic. Episode 207. Wow. Where we're going to review. I know. Uh, where we're going to review. Now, <laughs> if I told you what number we should be at. You'd say, you'd say, wow, again. Um, where we're going to review the 1985 cult horror classic Reanimator. Oh. And watching this film, there is only one movie that I could possibly challenge you to. That for real. Not true. Uh, in my head, there's only one movie that I... Where, there's only one movie I want to challenge you to. Anything with zombies, mad scientists. I mean, it's it's a wide open field. It, it truly is, and the movie I'm going to challenge to you, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's one of our favorites, and uh -oh. we we haven't formally reviewed it, so it's it's that's going to be a good episode. All right. So, but anyway, uh, this is based on H.P. Lovecraft's. Uh, and I would was this a novella? This was like a short story, right? It was, it was a series of short stories. Uh, Herbert, it, Herbert West. Correct. Herbert West Reanimator was the short stories. They're one of the few sh uh, series of short stories that didn't get reprinted that much. Um, okay. Possibly because a couple, uh, at least one of them was a little bit racist. <laughs> love yeah, and, and much like, uh, well, what did they do that to, Tom Sawyer or Huckleberry Finn, where they're trying to edit out all of the... Well, all no, of the but that... There's a difference. I mean, Tom Sorgenberg Finn, like, they expose racism through the words, and people just get hung up on the language because they're idiots. The, uh, I, won't, I won't explain what the racist part is in the Herbert West series, but it's pretty racist. It's like, it's like, it's like flat out, yeah, it's racist. <laughs> it's not, oh, he said this or that. It's like, no, that's a racist thing. And if, yeah. Okay. And I, it's, I forget there was what. A little, there was a little of that in uh, From Beyond, wasn't there? Not no, not like what we're talking. What I'm talking. No? No, I can't even get into it. But uh, okay, we let's. Well, yeah, that's we we have we reviewed from beyond, which no. is not my challenge to you, obviously. No, um, I'm going in a different direction. No, we haven't. Well, it's the same direction, but it's the opposite of now, this. I, I would hazard that this. Is, I personally feel that this that reanimator is to this to date the most uh, 
faithful. Faithful, yep. But not necessarily to text as much as to spirit. Yeah, you really get you get the notion that the director, Stuart Gordon, really read the source material because of what oh. he produced on screen. Now, at the same time, I also feel like Stuart said, okay, let's see how much bl- blood we can get into this thing and well, just yeah. fucking crank it up to 11 for horror fans. And the 80s was a great time for horror film fans. You know what? And Fangoria Magazine, uh, not to you know give a shout-out to them, but you know what? That was part of our childhood. It was part of us in the 80s. They, to, to no one, unless you grew up in the 80s, no one really understands how great of a time period that was. I mean, you had great movies, but you had campy movies. Like, I would put this film kind of, there's like this line in the sand drawn for this movie between great and campy. You know, yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, no, it, it's got some some really great stuff in it, but it, sure. it, it is campy in a lot of spots. But it, there's kind of like this well, medium ground of where it kind of stands. I hesitate campy. I would I would say that there is some uh, low budget acting and some low budget right. special effects. But uh, I, I don't know about campy. To me, campy is like Batman the movie. Okay. Now, which version of the film did you end up watching? The 86-minute unrated cut, 96-minute, or the 104 or 105-minute extended cut? I have the director's cut, which is the extended cut. So that's, I watched that's the, that. That's the one I watched. Oh, good, because because yeah. uh, there's there's one there's one specific scene in that that I really like that I I wish had been in the original one, but I understand why they did it. Right. Um. Now, but, if I if I remember correctly, this is jumping ahead a bit, but not really taking anything away. All of like the hypnosis stuff from uh, uh, Doctor Hill, that wasn't really in the original cut. It is, but it's it's they just like trimmed down the explanation. Trim, I mean, like, because yeah. there's a lot. I mean, it's like the whole yeah. dinner scene where it's like, okay, can we move this along? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I like, love the movie and <laughs> I'm very forgiving, but it's like, damn. No. It's like it's like that movie. Um, the fuck was the name of that movie? The one with the woman from Poltergeist. Where? What is it? No, that's right. Not the end. Of oh, but what? Oh, the, God! The the, the the he's a Cohen brother favorite. The the played the son, and then the mother is uh, what's her face? Zelda Rubenstein, I believe her name is. You know, lead us to the light. The the little short woman. Yeah. Anxiety, or something like that, where she keeps she does hypnosis in the film. Oh, it's the movie. It's the movie within a movie film. The movie within the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a movie within a movie within a movie. I think it was called Anxiety. Yeah, I know exactly yeah, okay. what you're talking about. I'm, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what I, that's what that's what I thought it was called. But I remember, and not to get off topic, but just very briefly since I mentioned it, I know. Uh, I remember because of the whole hypnosis stuff in Reanimator. I remember seeing it in that film, and I remember the big clamshell box that they had in the mom and pop stores that had like the big like burst, uh, you know, like the the star that really stood out that said, "Please be aware that there is strong like hypnosis." blah 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 in this film if you're prone to whatever do not watch warning warning and i was like i watched the uh, the film and i'm like holy shit <laughs> am i am i am i uh am i hypnotized what happened what's going on my head's spinning <sighs> but yeah i mean and she's creepy too so with the whole you're getting sleepy it's like holy shit <laughs> so anyway anguish um Anguish. Anguish. Thank, I, thank you. You knew it was something like you were right with the A part, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
you know, well, like you said, it's true. Like Stuart Gordon really took um, the source material, and he they had fun with it, but they're very close to the original. Now, now, the challenge, the way we got to this challenge, was Jeffrey Combs very simply was in Robot Jocks, and right. you, just, you just really did an actor connection, I, which I, I, I'm ha I'm happy you did. You know what? Because I, I I don't get enough Jeffrey Combs in my life anymore, and there was a time where Jeffrey Combs was in my life a lot. He was in a lot of movies. He really he was a big name in in uh, horror films for yep. a while. Uh, at least, at least, directed video horror films. You know now, what film I, I, I've never seen that he that I'm pretty sure he's in. I'm almost positive he did a film called Frightmare, which I've never seen. I have it, but I've never seen it. Frightmare. Yeah, another '80s. You know, that's hard the anthology, to, right? Yeah, at, at one point, extremely hard to find. You couldn't find these these films for a really long time, but you know, with the advent of DVD and Blu-ray, they just became. You can find it. You find him in your five dollar bin at Walmart. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen it. I have it. Mm. Never seen it. Um. Now, with you mentioned Fangoria, and, and the only thing I want to touch on is that at the time in the eighties, going into the nineties, Fangoria was a very relevant magazine. Is it still it, around? Yes, it, it is. Even in digital form, or no? Yeah, now it's still around, but now it's not relevant. Now it's just taking up space. It was very relevant. <laughs> no, it's true. It was relevant. No, you're, you're right. With the advent of internet and just other ways to get your info. All oh, right, because in the eighties, into the you know, eighties into the nineties, the only way you knew about what was happening in film was either you read Variety, or and even then, that only covers Hollywood, or you watched uh, Entertainment Tonight for half an hour. Yeah, right, which never touched right. on horror films. You're not getting any other information on stuff like that. So Fangoria was really the, the the place to find out about this stuff, and you know it was, you really had to pay attention. I yeah. mean, these days it's all online. You know, and again, internet thing, and and that brings around a point too. This film is 1985, 85, yeah. which means it is 30 years old. Uh, 31. Uh, think about that. Well, I'm I, I sure. am. You have. You have. have. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. 31 years old. We have, Jesus. We have listeners who were not alive when this film came out. We're, uh, yeah. we're at a point where we, when we talk about Reanimator, there's probably somebody listening who hasn't seen this. Or possibly hasn't heard of it. Right. Uh, so, my, my, my wife actually watched a lot of this film with me. <laughs> um, now... I have a whole wall of films that we've we've watched and she's seen because of me, but this is one of the ones that she hasn't seen. And I told her, I said, you know, it's a it's a fun movie, it's a good horror film, but it's campy, but you know, it's eighties kind of fun horror. And she's uh, a child of the eighties too, mm -hmm. um, so she was she 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 watched it, and she rarely watches movies with me to prepare for the show. So, but just to give you an idea, when this film came out, she was only four years old. <laughs> So, yeah. Now, see, I, I, I was just starting to get into horror films when around the time this film came out. I, I didn't start getting into horror films until I was like, you know, 13. And I actually came home when my parents were watching this. They had rented it. Oh, okay. And they just would just go to, you know, again, I, I did not inherit my, my, my taste in films from my parents. They would just go to the video store and just, like, grab a random tape. This sounds interesting. Like, what the fuck's that? What is that? <laughs> my father my father had a personal knack for always grabbing the worst possible sci-fi film on the rack. No kidding. There's like the one sci uh, hey, But how hard is that? Oh, there's a lot of sci-fi that's no, no. bad. He would find 
an example, Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, oh. I, uh, Space Mutiny is the episode. I'm watching it on MST3K, and this one scene comes up. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I remember this. My father rented this. <laughs> 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 off, the, off the rack. This looks like a good movie. Oh, oh, oh. no. Why? Yeah. Why? I remember, the, I remember walking in, and they were watching the dead cat scene. Oh really? Yeah, because I because all I remember I actually remember looking at the TV and it's like running around a basement and stuff. It's like oh the cat what the you know and, and you know they it was. It's it, interesting because you know our parents, you know, because obviously we're very close in age, only separated by a year or two. Our parents were renting films at the same time because that was the era of right? the VHS tape. I remember my parents renting this film as well, and one of the things that just is ingrained in me is the scene because i walked in on it and i i remember my mother talking about it later on is the scene where uh dr hill is using his laser to drill a hole or like laser a hole in the skull and puts the q-tip in yeah and i just remember my mother talking about that scene it's like and he put a hole in his head and he then he put a q-tip in and it's just like i just remember that like very very vividly um and I, I remember little things like that growing up. Like, I remember walking in on my parents watching The Thing with Kurt Russell, uh, specifically the scene where it, like, jumps and smacks against the ceiling, and my mother shooing me out of the room saying, you can't watch this, you can't watch this. And I'm like, but I want to watch this. It's like, you can't watch this, you can't watch this. It's like, what, you're, gonna, you're not going to let me watch something now? <laughs> like, I, uh, I watched, uh, you know, that movie uh, last week that was so terrible. So Come on. <laughs> So for, so for those people listening who d who haven't seen Reanimator, who don't even know what it is, uh, brief synopsis brief. is uh, Herbert West is yes. the fucking man. He's the fucking man. Uh, he transfers to Sweden after killing his professor and uh, ho hooks up with Dan and drags him into his experimentation in reanimating corpses. Which, and... Never, and it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well at all. And even the girlfriend, right off the bat, says, like in front of him, yeah, don't do this. <laughs> it's like, don't, 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 don't rent the room to this guy. He's like, I got money. There's yeah. <laughs> a month, month, month in advance. And he's like, oh, well, okay. Now, one of the he's things a I love. student, so he's just totally, he's just like, all right, let's do this. I remember I, I had like uh, the first draft of the screenplay at one point. And one of the favorite things in, my, in the screenplay that's not in the movie at all was that when you first meet Herbert West, uh, when they go and introduce him in the, in the morgue, or they're in right. the operating place where he was giving his demonstration, Herbert West is in the background uh, walking past the corpses lined up, and he's wrapping their heads like melons, like like for ripeness. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's at a grocery store. I love that. I guess they just couldn't figure out how to pull it off visually. Like, you can read it and it looks good, but visually it would, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, they uh, actually did footage for it and either it didn't test well or just never made it well in. they have this they, they they include a lot of the a lot of the deleted stuff in the director's cut and then in the special edition even there's even like the the dream sequence which they don't put back in the film there's like no it's that fucking bad but you can still get it as like an additional feature like right. it's, <laughs> it's really bad the dream is like no good call now and you, like when you mentioned before about the long dinner scenes the majority of the director's cut is stuff they cut out for time and rightfully so because a lot of it was repetitive and a lot was a lot of like hand holding Almost Almost twenty minutes. I mean, the, the it's eighty six minutes compared to one hundred and five. I mean, that's ninety nineteen minutes 
put yeah. back in, I'm credits included, so actual film time might be 15 minutes. But even 15 minutes, mm -hmm. that that's like a James Cameron director's cut kind of, <gasps> you know, like put shit back in scenario. Yeah. Right. Now, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to talk too much about that until we go through the film. Because right. there are, pardon me, there are two scenes that I actually do like that they put back. One of them, not so much, and the one definitely. Um, now, the opening. I love the opening of this film. I, I just great. It's one of it's one of my favorite horror film openings. Yeah, where it uh, it, it opens up on uh, the just the hospital, or you could see that you could just feel that it's a European hospital. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, well, like just just the corridors and the walkway through through the hospital. Well, and, 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 and there's and, like and, there's a couple of guys in suits. There's a nurse, and they're walking through, again, and they. Again, any any doubt you had when you saw the building? As soon as they they show Olga, <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no way she's uh, of of American descent. It's just you no, know she's no. Scandinavian or something. And that's right. She probably make a good masseuse. So, yeah, you just uh, you, you see them walk through the hallway. You see the, like the scenario around. It's filmed very very well. They, it tells you everything you need to know, and you just start to hear screaming, and then of course they walk in on on Herbert West trying to inject or just no. injected the professor with Do his serum. Dr. Gruba. Dr. Gruba, who, who's mentioned a lot during well, the yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and of course, Herbert West says that he was already dead and he tried to bring him back. He gave him too high a dosage. And how is he not in jail? No, no. All right, hold <laughs> on. D don't. These are the best lines in the whole fucking film. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aristotle is like, of course he's dead. The dosage was too large. <laughs> you killed him! No, I did not. I gave him life. Gave him life. Yes. <laughs> no, he's like, oh, yeah, and he says he did it. No, 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 no. He says, I gave him life. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs was made this fucking part. He right. Is, he is like the perfect, like, creepy, evil, manipulative. It's just a fucking masterful performance. Yeah, how many, did they do two sequels after this? They did uh, Beyond. They did uh, Reanimator, Brighter Reanimator, uh, which right. I I do like as well, and Beyond Reanimator, which I have to confess to this date I still can't bring myself to watch because I'm afraid it's it's really going to put a stain on the first two. Oh really? Yeah, okay. I, I I just I I every time I go to watch, I'm like oh, or just live with the memory of the first two. You know, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's one of those blocks I get where I just can't bring myself to watch it. Someday soon though, I will. I uh. We should watch that one together because I I haven't seen either sequel. Oh, you haven't seen Bride? Uh, I have not I, seen Bride. Sexiest, sexiest, uh, skinless woman ever. 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 Nice. Yes. Um, we should definitely watch. Well, since you've seen the second one so many times, I can watch. I'll it watch on my it again. Own. I'll watch it again. Well, if we're gonna get together and watch a film, we usually don't have enough time for you know three to four hours to we watch something. We should make something. time. We should make time, but. We can watch that third one together, much in the same way we watched the Hitchhiker remake together. <laughs> we'll Hitcher, do it together. We'll do the Hitcher remake. Hitcher. I don't know yeah. why I said Hitchhiker. <laughs> they didn't I'm, 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 I'm going to cross between Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Hitcher. Oh, they didn't remake that. Thank fucking God. Just leave it. <laughs> that was that was. They hit it out of the park. Leave it alone. Which, in a, in a small way, we've talked about this on the show, was the birth of Movie Sucktastic. You know, Jim Cotta really kicked it off in Tron, the outdoor, uh, yeah. you know, the, uh, when we watched Tron Outdoors. But it was really when we watched Hitcher, the remake, where you said, you know, we've yeah. been talking about this movie the whole night. 
we could just record this every week, right? And people are going to listen to it, and then that was kind of like the, where that seed was planted. Anyway. I, I still, you know, what we should do is we, uh, when we get together to watch a film, we should just record the audio too, and then just release it as like a watch along. We could do that. Yeah, we could definitely do that. I mean, it would be more um, unhinged. You know, it would be more off the cuff. Raw, raw, raw is a good word. Yeah. Um, I downloaded riff tracks of Ghost the other day because I realized that I didn't have the film Ghost, and I'm like, but I really don't want the movie Ghost, and but I said I don't have it. So I found a Rift Tracks version, and I'm like, good enough. <laughs> Although it was only the Rift Track audio, I'm like, you know what? Every once in a while, someone who's on my Plex server is going to want to watch the real thing. So I went and I grabbed the real audio, and I put it back in the movie. Uh-huh. But it was like... But I was watching some of that Rift Tracks. It's really fucking good. <laughs> like, there's a scene where he picks up Demi Moore, and he's like, oh, Swayze, hungry. <laughs> Very now- good. Uh, what I recommend doing too is if you go to rifttracks.com, you can actually buy the audio as well. Or oh, really? even, yeah, you can buy the audio to those. You can buy a lot of the originals. And they're having, uh, uh, I think in November, uh, soon, I'm not sure when, uh, the date, they're having a Rift Tracks reunion where all the MST people, or most of them, are going to be there as well. Oh, I actually saw that. I did yeah. see a Facebook post about that. There's a lot going on. Maybe that was from you, actually. Uh, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so. Anyway, reanimator. Uh, <laughs> well, Gino poses a question in the the forum here. He says, "Was famous monsters still around at that time?" I don't think so. If it was, it was more like uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong, but I never got it. At least. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I yeah I I mean I the, the right at that point in time the big ones were. Um, Fangoria, and uh, they had a spinoff called Gorezone. We'll that. Starlog, which was the science fiction version. That's right. Then there was, um, I want to say, Cinefex, which was really for the uh, cinephiles. It was all about the cam, you know, really got into the um, cinematography. As- aspect ratios and. Not even, like, more like camera angle. Like, oh, yeah, like you're right. Aspect ratios didn't like really come into play. Cinefex until... was an oddly shaped one, and it was, more, it was full color all the way through, and it was, like, thick. It was. You know, and then video yeah, watch. It was expensive. It was like a six dollar magazine in nineteen eighty seven. Right, back then, <laughs> like three dollars, right? Which is like a twelve dollar magazine now. Yeah, and then it's there was like, video yeah. watchdog, which was for like all the bizarre stuff out there. Yep. Uh those yeah, were the main ones, really. The Wicker Man was ruined by Video Watchdog by you for me. I had never seen the original Wicker Man and you said, Here, there's a little thing about it in here and it gives away the ending. What doesn't? Video Watchdog never gives away the ending. Well, what did you hand me that did? Probably gave you uh, cult films, one of the cult films books. Because oh, okay. there's a full synopsis in there of each film. I thought it was Video Watchdog. All right, but, no, you're oh, right. Video so Watchdog pro- never really revealed an ending of a film until they got a little snobby and decided they were going to reveal the ending of The Sixth Sense. And uh, that, <laughs> and that's when I stopped getting it. I canceled my subscription. I was like, fuck you. How, how fucking arrogant and elitist do you to be like that? It's like, oh, we wouldn't dare reveal the ending of Beach Blanket Bingo for our listeners during our Beach Blanket Expose, which is 28 fucking pages long. But in our little capsule review of Sixth Sense, we're going to reveal the ending because it's not a real film. Fuck you. <laughs> this is a magazine that would bitch continuously that right. that mystery that uh, like uh, mystery science theater. They hated Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, they were, I, that's that's a publication I can't read. Because they were they, they were they were you know destroying these classics. They would constantly bitch like Hercules, like the old shitty Hercules films. So how come they're not released in CinemaScope? It's because it's like five to one ratio. 
You can't watch that on, you know, this is back before they had long TVs. Right. So how the fuck are you going to watch that on regular television? Shut the fuck up. Come on. Yes. And I put up with all that shit. But then you're like, oh, now we're going to reveal Six Sense because we don't consider this a real film? Dick. <laughs> but, uh, no, I don't think Famous Monsters was still around at that point. Okay. Uh, oh, and there was one other one, too, um, that was, uh, there was a, that, uh, it was for old films, basically. I can't, uh, Midnight, not Midnight Graffiti, something like that. Anyway, never mind. Oh, um, shit. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, 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 it only covered films in black and white. Like, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was all just old shit, and I used to get that, too, for a while. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I'm pretty sure that there's a news group named after that magazine, which is where they put a lot of weird movies and stuff. Yeah, probably. Uh, Fuck. But I again, back then, that's anyway. the, all this information you couldn't get from the internet. You, you know, There was no IMDB. You just had to know this shit. This was all the way into the late 90s. I mean, like yeah. we've talked about this before. That's why the Blair Witch Project was thought to be a real found footage film. Well, and the internet was, was out when that came out, but it was still new, and people didn't know how to do research properly. And that was actually... Used, yeah. It was actually used to, to Blair Witch's benefit because they just sent like they would, they would just people would share this like the, the Lost poster and, and they would just post they would, they would just post this movie's based on a true story and then people would email each other. You hear about this? It's based on a true story. That's it. There was you know there was no like stunts yeah. or anything. It was just uh, yeah I saw this. Yeah, the <laughs> internet was was for us was it was what maybe a couple of years old at but, best. Well, that's when it first started getting mainstream. You know, back when every, when people were buying modems. You know, oh, fucking modems. When, 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 um, I got a 56k modem. My internet's screaming now. Yeah, I remember. I remember going to get the, like the what was the 40. Uh, what was, was the? Uh, there, there was a couple of. There was a uh, 15k, 28k, 56k. No, there was a four in there somewhere in between. There was like a 42 or a 40. Four, oh, 14, 14, 14, four, I believe. 14, four. Because I remember going to get like out of sale. 14, four is just like I gotta get that. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Yeah. Dial up days, bitch. Oh, man. If, there's probably a ton of people that listen to our show that have never had to deal with that. Exactly. And they, and, probably, they might not have seen Reanimator. Yeah. And I, I say those people are lucky because in the dawn of the internet, especially when it was in the AOL days, when they went from a, um, a pay service to what you used to a pay one price unlimited. Mm-hmm. You were waiting up to an hour to connect. Oh yeah. On your on your phone line. Sure. You know, and it was a nightmare. Now, um, anyway, Reanimator. Get a little nostalgic. <laughs> we're getting way too nostalgic. Yeah. Well, this film does it because this film brings back. Everything. It, it really does because you know I the first time I saw this was in the mid eighties. Right. Now, and this was also a Cinemax special. Mm. You know, I always remember every single month on Cinemax one of their selling points was they had more movies every month than any other cable station and that's why you should have them they would actually say how it's like we you know 350 movies this month 420 movies this month and you know hbo showtime and you know movie channel they'd have the the same amount cinemax would have the same amount with all of them combined and i remember specifically them really touting reanimator saying we got reanimator you you know you gotta watch this. It's a midnight movie, but you gotta watch it. You that's why you need Cinemax, Vanguard Cinema. They showed weird shit on that after midnight. Oh yeah, but you're right. We got sidetracked again. 
I know. <laughs> it's the nostalgia, man. I know. Now Her- <laughs> Herbert West ends up teaming up with his uh, with uh, Dan Kane, who's a Dan medic- Kane. medical student who's dating the dean's daughter. Never a good idea. Never. Uh, played by Bruce Abbott, who I mean, I he's been in other stuff, but the only other thing I re- I remember him in besides uh, Beyond, uh, I mean, Bride Reanimator, is he was also in the the uh, late '80s or early '90s horror film um, Bad Bad oh. Dreams. Oh, he was in Bad Dreams. Yeah, he was. He was the uh, sympathetic doctor. Yeah, that was, it was a Bad Dreams was a film that tried to like kind of tried to play on the whole Freddy Krueger popularity by get, like a movie about dreams. It's a horror film, but it's not right. Freddy Krueger, but it's a dream guy, or is it? Blah blah. blah you know, they, they, it's it's good on its own merit. It also has uh, the kid the the um, kid from uh, summer school. Chainsaw, oh, Chainsaw from Summer Chainsaw, School. Chainsaw, yeah, 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 yeah. He was on and off in like TV shows. He was remember that one TV show he did where he had the like the Corskin brother. They were like I think they were aliens. Yeah. And his brother, whatever, he was always interested in sex, but it's like he could never feel it. He'd have sex, and his brother would be like, "Oh yeah, oh, oh. like that." You remember that show? I remember that. Holy <laughs> shit! Wow. <laughs> One of the best lines in that show that I remember to this day is, "Feelings? I don't care about feelings. I just care about fluids being swapped." <laughs> and I'm like, "How is this on broadcast TV?" He was he was actually in an episode of uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Oh, was he really? So like, yeah, they they did like an '80s uh, throwback movie, and there's like a um, they go to a ski resort, and he actually has the uh, like a, the black hair and a hat, just like right out of summer school. He oh looks, wow! He looks just like him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so so he you know Dan Kane, and he gets Dan to uh, help him with his experiments. Doesn't go well, uh, and he uh, Herbert West clashes with the the doctor there that turns turns into the the. Uh, the anta- uh, antagonist, protagonist, I don't fucking. Um, the di- guy. The, well, he's he's always a dick, but yeah, he does become the antagonist. Uh, Doctor Carl Hill, played by David Gale. Which, like I said, one of the one of the people that works in my system, he's now retired. Doppelganger. I couldn't go into this one specific library without thinking of Reanimator, because I talked to him. You know, because I talk to him about work, and I'm like, dude. It's like, in my head, I never told him. It's like, you look just like Dr. fucking Hill from Reanimator. You don't know this, you can't but you do. Yeah, I can't tell him that. <laughs> no. I suggest no. you get a pen. <laughs> Who's going to believe you? <laughs> it's just a walking head. <laughs> get a job <laughs> on a sideshow. Yeah. Even when they first meet, and he's like, yeah... Uh, your your uh, your your theories on the human brain are outdated, <laughs> sir. Six to twelve minutes. <laughs> it's like pff, whatever. The will and the brain. Fuck you. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just it, you know, it, it's it's great too because you don't have to know anything about medicine. Just like the, the like the acting is just spot on with those two. Oh now, yeah. I, now the, every, you're right. Everybody camps it up just a little bit. Well, no. Bruce Abbott doesn't. Abbott plays a straight. He's a straight man. He truly, he really is. Holmes and Gale have to ham it up a bit because they're playing these ridiculous characters. Uh, I mean, especially after. <laughs> well, are we are we giving like any kind of spoilers away? Uh, or well, like you that? know, if, if you haven't seen the film at this point, 
turn off the show and come back after you watch it because we're going to reveal a couple things. Okay. And I'm only saying that because I love the film so much. I'd, I'd hate to... I don't, yeah. I don't know how much of it... You know, and it's the thing. It's like, I don't know how much of it is a surprise because that severed head is on the fucking movie poster. You know what? It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer, And, th- and this is a trailer from 85. Yeah. You don't... There's no surprise at all There's in no the trailer. There's no surprise. Hill tries to... Now, here, here's here's a very interesting thing with the uh, the director's cut versus original cut. Okay. Uh, now, I mentioned uh, Herbert West is very manipulative. He's, try, he's always got the right thing to say to convince Stan to help him. Um, Hill... Uh, catches him in the basement and makes him reveal his stuff to him. He says, "I'm going to steal your your uh, work. It's going to become mine." And you know, famous. You, he actually famous. offered him to be famous too, but well, yeah, Herbert West is kind of like, "Fuck you." He, he's like, "You'll be my assistant." You know. Yeah. So Herbert West like kills him. Now in the director's cut, the di- the dialogue goes on where he says, uh, uh, "Your your your friend Dan, he'll have to disappear because he knows." Right now. They cut that out in the original, and I like the because then later when he gets Dan comes back, he's like, <laughs> it's like Hills. Like, he found out my he found out I had to work, so I had to kill him. He's dead. Well, not anymore. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> you killed him, and he and he tells him, but you know he was gonna take my steal my works. He's, he's like Herbert, and, he, and, and and he like suddenly goes, and he wanted you to disappear. So, <laughs> in the director's cut, he, it's a it's a better reveal when no, you no, don't know. No, but it's no, it's a better reveal in the in the theatrical because that's what I mean. That's what I meant. No, no, but, but not because it's a reveal, but because it, as far as we know, he's lying. Uh, yeah, this is very true. Yeah, it's it, that's how I always read. It's like, oh, he just lied to him. Just you know, it's like it's. And I think it works better. It really shows that that he that he's still manipulative character. He's not really looking out for Dan. You know, he's yeah, worried no, about his research and stuff. Just, so, yeah. So I thought, I thought that kind of slightly weakens the character in the director's cut. Well, well, and you, you get the notion that he lies a lot through the film, like when they find the dead cat in the fridge, and his first thing is, "What are you doing in my room?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, "You killed our cat." He's like, "But what are you doing in my room?" It's like, you know, I pay rent, blah blah blah. And later on, Dan is talking to Herbert West, and uh, well, he first of all he denies that he killed the cat. It got his head stuck in a, in a mayonnaise in jar. A, in a mayonnaise jar and suffocated. Right, and which could have happened. Sure, and his first thing is to just put it in the fridge because he didn't want to stink up the apartment. Now, and let's be fair, Herbert West is smart enough to know that you don't kill your the, the, your uh, your roommate's landlord, whatever, cat. Yeah. And then try to hide it by putting it in your fridge. He's not that stupid. Well, but then later, Dan is talking to him about the cat uh, what was his name? Rufus. Talking yeah. about his cat, and he says, "You know, you just uh, you sedated him, and you you dropped his temperature down, and you were going to use him for your experiment." And he and he doesn't deny that. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say anything about it. it's like, like no, I, I did no such thing. It's like, uh, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you get the notion that yeah, he was going to fuck up that cat, but he didn't kill it. It just died because he was trying to do some sort of experiment with it. So. It's just like little things like that are so good. <laughs> well, and, and and but he's uh West is always logical. Like everything very else, much like, so. So I, I put the cat in the fridge. I didn't want to stick up the place. And what, what am I? What was I going to do? Leave a note? Uh, cat dead? Call later? <laughs> right. And when he says it, you're like, yeah, yeah. that'd be kind of fucked up if yeah, you left a note. It's like, I, yeah, your cat's dead. Talk to later. He's like, the perfect yeah. kind of manipulator because everything he says does actually make sense. Like, like <laughs> when when they after they kill the dean, 
or after the dean's killed when he walks down their experiment, he's like, yeah, wait, we got fresh body here. We have to do it. He's like, Dan, we can bring him to life. Yeah, he's only. This is the freshest body we've ever had, and probably will ever get, unless we kill someone ourselves. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> yeah, he. I mean, he. The, the great thing about Wes is he realizes at an early point that Dan actually cares, and he uses that against him. Right. He's like, you. Yeah, we can. Have, and that's. Well, and they open the film like after the whole Switzerland scene. They open the film with him try like like working on somebody for a really long time, mm-hmm. because he genuinely wants to try and bring this person back. So. He's he's the perfect uh, character to move that part of the plot where, you know, Herbert West really just kind of uh, pulls into his emotions. It's like, listen, we can bring a lot of people back to life that we normally couldn't save, and he doesn't really uh, doesn't really step back and like look at the situation to say maybe we shouldn't do that. He's now, thinking more of the greater good. Right, uh, and, and, that's, uh, and that always turns out okay. Oh, yeah. Now, there's the one deleted scene that's in the director's cut that I it's not that good. I mean, it's too long. It's when they meet in the hallway after the dean says, you know, get out of here. Uh, after Hill does his uh, um, hypnotist experiment on him. Yeah, more hypno yeah. stuff. And again, the fact that they don't show it, much better in the theatrical cut. Obviously, that shouldn't have been in there. But right. when they meet in the hallway... And so she's yelling at Dan that she doesn't want him to work with West anymore. And he's and he's like, no, West is right. We're gonna, and there's that. And while he's doing it, West just has the most contemptible look at her. He hates this girl. He, yeah. he, you know, like all this concept of like love just is like just doesn't compute. He doesn't. I, 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 there's there's even one line in the screenplay. I forget if it's in that scene. Now going back is where he uh, he says, see Dan. Her primitive mind can't even begin to understand. Like her primitive female mind, like it's just <laughs> her inferior female mind doesn't even begin to understand what the importance of what we're doing here. But uh, there, during that scene, Dan Dan says to her, like all sincerely, "Don't don't you understand? He's right with his thing. We could save a lot of people." And Wes just like leans in and in the most drippingly sarcastic way that Dan doesn't even like catch. Like he looks right at right at Meg and goes. Oh yeah, we can save all the people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> just like, wow. He's <laughs> like, he, he knows at that point he doesn't have to hide it from Dan. Dan's just like so. It takes that. It's just like rubbing it in her face. Yeah, we're gonna save everybody. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna save them all. <laughs> and yeah, you don't need that scene to, to tell what they're doing because the in the in the the. Uh, theatrical version it goes from the dean's thing right to them breaking into the morgue that prove prove his thing you know what they're doing you don't need that whole yeah we'll prove it but uh i love that part because it really just shows that really twisted side of him absolutely um there's a scene that's on now where the after they find the dead cat uh herbert and um dan are in the basement and that i love that whole scene because he, this is the part where he really convinces Dan to come along, you know, on board about what he's doing with his serum and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, would you agree this cat is dead now? And he kind of lifts it up and just drops it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, he puts the serum in the cat and it's alive. And that's a fucked up scene, too, because well, it it's all twisted and contorted. It's like... <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's just it's like shaking. It's like literally just cut in half. And Dan, at one point, he picks it up, uh, like before he, uh, before they, 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 it's all mangled. He throws it against the fucking wall. Well, that's when it's attacking <laughs> them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, 
damn. <laughs> um, and of course, the girlfriend walks in on everything they do. Yeah, what the fuck? He just reanimates that cat and she walks in on him. Doesn't she have like a job or taking classes or something? What the hell? Yeah. Um, uh, no, well, I, I like that scene too because they're obviously it's the middle of the night and it transitions and he comes upstairs and it's like, fuck, it's daytime? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how long have we been downstairs? Uh, uh, the my and, she, and she flubs that line too. You don't, unless you're a seasoned uh, film goer, you don't catch it. She, she actually comes up and the whole the whole it's a whole dramatic scene about her talking to Dan and she says West first and because he says West he goes I was downstairs with West West I mean and you could see that she was kind of flustered Dan but they left it in because I guess they felt it was like well, a natural reaction well, it was like she's like we're back West you know right uh, the, the one the one back and forth I love during that scene with the cat uh, when they're in the basement he's revealing a serum to Dan is where Dan's like Herbert, you you haven't used this on live specimens, have or human specimens, have you? And then he just like looks around and yeah, <laughs> I need a bigger lab. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I've and learned Dan, everything I need and, to learn in, yeah, and, in and this Dan, one. And Dan's like, didn't answer my question. Or Dan's not like, didn't answer my question. Just lets that slide. <laughs> <laughs> just lets it slide because in a small way, you know, he doesn't want to know the yeah. real answer. <laughs> oh, when Hill comes in to the basement and tells him that the director's cut there's a longer exchange like I said and the one thing he, he says like uh, um, you, you've really done great stuff with that fool Gruber's work and then there's a quick cut in of Jeffrey Combs close up with a tear rolling down his cheek yeah it's like oh thank god they lost that what the <laughs> just I remember I remember seeing that scene I'm like I was like what the fuck is this <laughs> I for completely forgot about that scene. Yeah, I'm like, oh. that does not fit the Jeffrey Combs character at all. No, I mean, you it, know? It, yeah, just just some kind of loyalty to the Gruber. It's just no, no, I, I don't see it. It's like Maybe. I'm 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 sorry I, I put too much life into you. <laughs> <laughs> now the the most the one scene that I just wholeheartedly disagree with them taking out uh, of the theatrical version is when they reveal that Herbert West shoots up with a diluted version of his own serum. To stay awake. Oh right, I do remember. Yeah. Just the fact that he's like a junkie for his own stuff, and he, he like yeah, he he's like to keep the brain awake, and he stays sharp. So he, that, he's that like his he's like yeah, he's like Mister X. He doesn't sleep, because so he can work all night and all day. That's he, he shoots up with the stuff that shows like the one the insanity and two the dedication of the character. Right. Uh you know anything. <laughs> and there's like a split second where Dan goes. Oh my God, Herbert! You're always like, no, it's down now. He even cuts it off. I'm not fucking dead. Come on, Dan. Really? <laughs> Would I still be experimenting if I was keeping myself alive? Come on. Like he doesn't have to say. It. He just knows. Like Dan. Yeah, it's like enough already. Yeah. Uh, but that scene is great because he's like going through withdrawal, like shaking and convul not convulsing, but like almost at that point. Yeah. Then he shoots himself up, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm all right. <laughs> now. We're good to go. About our plan. Yes. <laughs> Just as great. Yes. Now, <laughs> one of the big things of this movie uh, that was, and it was like one of those word of mouth things where the reason everybody rented it and everybody wanted to see it and why they put it on the movie poster was, uh, well, the, the severed head and everything that goes on with the severed head up to and including Dr. Hill, who has his obsessive uh, compulsion. Uh, he's, uh, he's obsessed with Meg, the dean's daughter. Yep. He needs her. He even her. says that earlier when he's uh, initially hypnotizing the dean. 
uh, to say that Dan is bad, you know, Dan bad, and he's notioning that, you know, how about me as a suitor? Yeah. Uh, so he kind of does the whole hypno thing there, and then later on it, it comes, it just, through the whole whole film, he's just totally infatuated with it. When her. you love a girl enough to hypnotize and lobotomize her father, that means something. That's right. It's right. I offered to do it for Holly. She said no. No. But no. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, but so. Wow. That, 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 <laughs> so then you get to the to the sever the you know Doctor Hill carrying around his his own severed head in a bowling bag, which um, is great. The way they film oh. that is fantastic. Um, you don't really. I mean, it's you know it's eighties, and there's only so much you could do with something like that in the eighties, but it's all. It's all real camera work, really strategic camera work to make that scene or those scenes really believable where he's holding his own head. And, you know, I will take, like, low-budget, bad practical effects over bad CGI any day. Absolutely. Because, I mean, when, now, when like, when the, the, the bo- headless body is carrying around his head in the bag, you know it's just like a, a, the shoulders are built up over the head and the guy's the arms are low and you can yeah. kind of see it. You know what's happening. But you know what? If it's CGI, you know it's CGI. So it's not like we're not trying to fool you into thinking there's actually a headless body there. We That's all right. know it's not real. But just I, I think it's one of the reasons why these 80s horror films were great because they were working on like a realistic budget and a realistic thing we have to make we have to do this in real time we have to do it practical it has to be on the screen and 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 the ingenuity and the inventiveness to make scenes like that it's like listen this is what i need to happen in this scene it's like no one's ever done that before and it's like well can we try and most of the time they do it and it worked Mm -hmm. really worked you know think of all the the great shit that you know uh rob botten did with, you know, with hardly any budget, and and a lot of times, you know, hardly any sleep. <laughs> just just the shit that he did for the thing alone. I yeah. mean, a lot of that stuff is revolutionary for the time, and still kind of done these days. You know, the Rick Baker thing. I mean, just oh, yeah, so Rick, what, Rick what, Baker. What, I mean, yeah. You know, when you when you look at the, you're right. When you look at these '80s films, like just. The cool, the cool stuff that they did, it even though it's old, you can't help but still love it. Yeah, and then like even like uh, late '80s, K and BFX came on the scene, and they just took over the horror film scene and, and went into everything else. They're still around. Uh, they work on the Walking Dead series. Actually, they do a lot of stuff for that. No kidding. And you know, just just as far as revolution, I mean, that's why they took over, just because they were so innovative. Uh, I'm trying to think of names. I want to say Kevin Yeager, unless that's somebody else. I'm try- there's. Uh, it's, it's been a while since I was like hip on the special effects scene, so I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that. you know, and and I know I just I threw out like two main, not mainstream, but two extremely famous makeup artists in Rob Botton and Rick Baker. But Greg Nicotero, that's one of them. I'm- oh, that's it. You're right, Greg Nicotero. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the big ones. Well, isn't he directing episodes of The Walking Dead? I believe so. I don't watch he's like, the show. He's like the so. he's like the main guy directing Walking Dead episodes. Uh huh. Yeah. Almost positive of it. Yeah, but again, these guys they they helped form the just by just by giving the the giving the horror filmmakers like the ability to do some wacky shit and go and out just on as them. A, as a side note, since Greg Nicotero has taken over 
The Walking Dead as one of the main writers and directors, that show has really turned uh, turned a page as far as acting, screenwriting. Uh, it's not even about zombies anymore. It's about it's about it's about real real people trying to fuck each other over because this is the new world I know, kind of situation. You're trying, to, you're trying to talk me into watching it now. I, I know. I'm not trying to talk you into watching anything at all. I just think that you'd appreciate where it's at now. That means you're trying to talk me into it. I know. I'm not you're, trying to talk you into it. You're anything. trying to convince me that I should watch it and I'm listening. I'm listening. Pick up uh, if you're going to watch it. I mean, you probably should watch season two. You're probably not going to like that season. And you're probably not going to like a lot of season three. But season four and on, uh huh, fucking nails it. All right, for real. I I I, I think I'll 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 give it like a recap of one through three, and I'll I'll dive a little into season four. I'll tell you what I think. Okay. But I mean, that's why we keep talking about the '80s and stuff. I mean, Herbert, I mean, Reanimator, Evil Dead. These films are icons, not just be, just because they were popular or they became underground hits. They they kind of redefined what you could do. I mean. I mean, there, there was there were zombie films. There were her, Reanimator wasn't new because it did something that nobody else did. Evil Dead didn't really do anything that nobody else did either, but they 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 took a style and a uh, nuance that was beyond the typical idea of oh, okay, Jason, Freddy, slasher, blah blah blah. They they gave they gave a style to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and again, uh, the Lovecraft kind of feeling. That, that oh we can be a horror film and be serious and still have dark humor in there that's not like uh, Freddy Krueger one-liners you know we can have like real intelligent dark humor uh, Evil Dead just with the camera angles and and just uh, playing with the whole idea of, of <clears throat> the the your kind of typical teenager stuck in the woods thing and making it all about the the art of it so to speak <clears throat> these films yeah. that these are why these films survive. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's part like like I said before, it's part of our childhood. Where you never really let go of this stuff. Um, what did I find? I found the film The uh, Destroyer the other day from '88. Um, that's the one with uh, what's his face? He's a football player. Um, God damn it! Dale Rountree actually just put it up on his Facebook saying that for his birthday he was going to watch. A few films and Destroyer was one of them. I'm like, I just got that. Um, Lyle Alzado, he played a serial killer, and they electrocuted him, but he doesn't die, and he just goes and he just fucking storms everything. He just he's a fucking maniac. It was like at that time period, you know, that maniac cop kind of time period. You never saw Destroyer? You sure it's the same? We talk about this. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking at it on IMDb and I don't see Lyle. Lyle Alzado is the guy in the cover holding... Uh, is he in the film? Oh, yeah. He's the main villain. He's, so a, not, fucking, he's a serial killer. I'm not seeing him in the credits. That's why. Des- Destroyer from 88. He's on the cover of the box and the poster. Well, I'm not seeing him in the credits for the film. That's what I'm saying. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, there he is. Okay. For some reason, he wasn't showing on the credits. Yeah. Well, what's interesting oh, is no, the cover... I'm, I'm the, redone, the redone cover is fucking awful. The one that IMDb uses... <laughs> he's not even on that cover and it's some other guy that's in much better shape than him <laughs> it's it's the worst it's fucking awful worst cover ever uh, I, I i you know and that was something too i mean even the shitty box art from the 80s was still 
ten times better than the the uh, the uh, art school project crap they crank out these days. Right. Just. What's just interesting is it this poster is made to look like an original poster from the '80s, but I'm getting the feeling I've never seen this poster. I've only ever seen the one with Lyle Alzado on it. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know if that's an original poster or not. I mean, I mean, someone took great care and to put like you know R rating director. It looks like, like like a regular poster would, but I I, I don't think that's the real poster. I saw. Oh, I found the real poster. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Lyle Alzado. That's Lyle that was Yeah. Toward okay. the end of his football career, he, he he's just a big fucking guy. I've never seen this film. You never saw it. I've never seen this film. It's fun. It's a fun bad movie. Oh, I, I love the original poster because it says available on video cassette and laserdisc. Yeah, fucking laserdisc. Man, I still love laserdisc. 1988. Uh, I'm just and and um, Shocker was in the 90s, wasn't it? Shocker was 89. Still 89. technically 80s. Ah, yeah. okay. I wonder oh yeah, yeah, yeah! This is only a year apart, and I wouldn't doubt that this is one of those well, one came out before the other. Uh, and uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not. I'm not even putting 100 percent of my my theory behind uh, um, oh, Shocker being was, the first. I, I yeah. don't. <laughs> well, I'm betting both both were filmed at the same time. Oh yeah. But Wes Craven held off and released Shocker later. Yeah, because but I, I'm, all I'm saying is I, I wouldn't put it past Wes Craven to, like, kind of uh, glean the idea. I like Wes Craven, but I, I don't think he's, like, the horror genius that, we let, that like, the, the whole horror fan movement, like, tried to put on him. Same thing with Romero. You know, like, these, these guys get this reputation of, oh, they're geniuses. Like, nah, he came up with an idea people liked, and he ran the fuck with it. <laughs> you know, and every now and then he scored some points, but just because he was still riding on the, the Freddy Krueger gravy train. So let's 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 be a little careful with assigning that shit. <laughs> Speaking of 80s films, did I mention that, uh, like, last month I rewatched um, uh, Clyde Barker's... Um, Let me guess. Wait. Night, Nightbreed? I was going to guess Nightbreed. I wanted to guess. Oh, oh, my God. How fucking bad is that film? It's fucking terrible. Even Cronenberg can't save it. Oh, my God. Here's the deal. I remember I saw that in a the theater with Scott Zerillo. You saw that in a theater? I wow. saw it in a theater because I was big on Clyde Barker back then because I had read the Books of Blood before any of that came out. I saw Hellraiser in a the theater because I read Books of Blood beforehand. I, I was reading horror books you know, way before these became movies. So I, I went with him, and I remember coming out and, like, and, you know, even... I wanted to like it. I was like, yeah, you know, it was kind of lame. And I remember Zerillo's like, don't even start. You know, that was fucking awesome and you know it. I was like, <laughs> remember that vividly. And I was like, eh. And <laughs> my head was like, yeah, I guess I didn't care for that much. But it must have, I watched it and I was like, this is everything I hate about Clyde Barker's in this fucking movie. Everything. <laughs> everything from the, oh, humans kill that which they envy or don't understand or something. And, oh, it is. And, and wasn't that, um, didn't he have a lot of... Um uh, homosexual elements that was transferred from the book to the film too. Well, what it, it's 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 the whole thing is supposed to be kind of like a um, a metaphor for uh, homosexuals being attacked by uh, Christian straight straight people and. Okay, that's what I thought. I yeah, that's yeah. that's an undercurrent to to that's a very a very obvious undercurrent to it, and uh, it, there's so much wrong with it, and. It's just such a bad fucking movie. Nobody's acting in it. 
Cronenberg is like, dude, I, I know you know how to act. Yeah. What the Cronenberg, fuck? Cronenberg was just like a fan of Clive Barker. And it's like, all right, yeah, just I, tell, tell me what you want me to do. Yeah, but not a fan enough to actually act. Well, yeah. Just, I mean, didn't Clive Barker have, um, or was it Stephen King that had a rave on uh, one of his films saying this is the scariest film ever or some shit like that? Maybe not Nightbreed. It might have been for Hellraiser. Uh, I, my, I, I might. Trying, I'm trying to remember the original uh, Hellraiser poster. Either had a Cronenberg or it had a Stephen King rave on it, talking about how Clive Barker is like the new, you know, god of horror. Hmm, I don't remember. I they they it was very incestuous. They all did shit like that, so it could could have gone either way. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, and, and again, like Nightbreed is written and directed by. You know, he directed it himself, and so it really, the fact that he directed it, it's like you really know, like, this is everything I hate about And I like Clyde Barker. I'm not saying I hate Clyde right. Barker. I'm saying there are aspects of Clyde Barker I don't like, and they all encapsulate <laughs> Nightbreed. <laughs> Nightbreed is it. That's everything I hate about him. Everything I love about him is Rawhead Rex. Yeah, well, he didn't direct it. He just wrote that. Exactly, and that's one thing so, I love about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Oh yeah, here it is. I have seen the future of horror fiction, and his name is Clive Barker. That was on the books, wasn't it? Oh wait, that is the book. All yeah, right, yeah. that's where I, that's where I remember seeing it. Right, because he because he, he was catching you know the books of blood were a huge hit. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the what I'm looking at is a uh, the book cover for Hellraiser, um, and it says I have seen the future of horror fiction. His name. I remember that it was Stephen King or Cronenberg, and maybe Cronenberg did another one later on. But I remembered them just really putting him high on a pedestal. Yeah, and and you know what year was was uh, Nightbreed? Nightbreed um, also it was either eighty eight or eighty nine. I want to go eighty eight. Oh, really? It was in the yeah. I mean, no ninety. Was it ninety? It was ninety. I just looked at it. it you know, it, it's Fuck. it's like that's what happened to horror films as they got into the nineties. These people that were like the icons just fucked everything up. <clears throat> everybody oh, yeah. that everybody that made horror films what they were in the eighties fucking destroy them in the 90s West yeah they're, they're remaking movies left and right and you know what was interesting sequel, sequels left and right they're just just sequel crazy and just and just just does they're like they're doing any like west craven's name is on it they'll fucking do it yeah you, you know I, I um i i was looking at my movie collection and i can't think of anything right this second but i was looking at it and i'm just saying what was the one thing we always said on this show if they're gonna remake movies, remake the bad ones. Yeah, you know, get us. You got a second shot. Take this great idea that was, you know, not executed well because of either the time period, budget restraints, whatever. Acting, remake it now. Remake those movies. Make those movies great. Like now, you can make those films the way they were intended. Don't just remake the classics again. Oh, let's go do Psycho. Fuck you. You know, it's like, come on, stop it. You know, and they're doing that a lot. They're just remaking old classics, and they're just like I, and I'm, I, and there is no doubt that it will happen. But I have no doubt that they're going to do Escape from New York at some point. They were I, talking about that yeah. back when Three Hundred was real popular. Gerard Butler was the one name that kept coming up for Escape from New York the, for the remake. It's like yeah. you don't, you know what? You don't need to remake that. Redo. You really, you really don't. Here, here's an here's a classic '80s horror film that I don't think anybody would bitch about if they did a remake, and I'm not even sure they have it, and I just didn't hear about it. Basket Case. 
yeah, let's do basket case. And they, and again, they 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 drove that that like a, a you know was that Hen not not um that was uh, uh what's Hen- his name Henenlotter uh, right Henenlotter yeah Frank Henenlotter did that and it was an underground hit so they did two sequels that just fucking just just got oh, that, what that, the that, fuck that third movie yeah. I mean, that second one still kind of falls in line. It has almost that original film type of feel because it wasn't made too much after. Mm-hmm. But that third one is just like, yeah, I'm bored. Let's make a third one. And, that, and that's how that's how that felt. That was and that was in 1991. Again, getting in the 90s, they're just they're just they're fucking killing everything that made yep. horror films great in the 80s. Yep. You know, uh, I mean, the Blob remake that was 88. So we're starting now. That, you know that how what what a fucking shit pile that was. The 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 one from '88. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was bad movie, but um, as far as a horror film goes, an no. '80s horror film. No, don't even. Uh, I I still enjoy it. All right, all right. They killed the kid. I'll give you that. Yeah. But the blob. It's like, well, we felt we had to give it more presence, so we gave it tentacles. Who was on that yeah, fucking Yeah, like coming out of sink drains and shit. It's like, yeah, come oh, on, dude. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck said give the blob tentacles? This is is the film called Tentacles? No, it's called The Blob. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, to this day, I still think one of the biggest mistakes Rob Zombie ever did was not taking the $30 million to do a blob remake. To, today, I still think the biggest mistake Rob Zombie ever did was... <laughs> Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Well, that's the thing. He didn't take the money for the blob, and he did that instead. And double fuck up. Yeah. Have you seen that yet? I have not seen it yet. Get, you're, get, get used to say, hearing this come out of your mouth over and over again. What the fuck? <laughs> get at least five times. That's going to come I, out of your mouth. Un, un, you're, you're, not, you're, you're going to be... Did I just say that? Yeah. It's just... Yeah. I don't doubt it, because I felt that way after seeing the trailer. Oh, I mean, anything you felt, uh, do you see the uh, Halloween 2? Yes. All right. Remember remember the what the fuck feeling during the last 10 minutes of that movie? Yes. All right, multiply that by 50, then you've got Lords of Salem. Yeah, and then you know what? It's like you kind of, <laughs> you forgive him for that a little bit after seeing Devil's Rejects, which... Was genius. Which takes this great turn in the third act, and it's like... Is he doing? Like I remember you turning to me. We're watching. It's like, is he doing what I think he's doing? I look at you. Yeah, he's doing what we're <laughs> thinking. He's doing. It's like, really, he's doing it, <laughs> and it it worked. It's fucking genius. It was. It, so it's just like, it's like, dude, what are you doing with this Lords of Salem shit? I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I know that's my gonna be my initial reaction. I, I, like you should have taken that blob money. I know it's a studio film. I know it's a lot of money. It's more money he's that he would have ever gotten for a movie ever. And I think he looked at that and he said, "You know what? That's a not not the type of films I want to make." You know, you know, you know what happened? Somebody called. Somebody somewhere said, "Yeah, you're the Stanley Kubrick of horror," and he believed them and said, "I'm going to show them <laughs> what the Stanley Kubrick of horror does." And he did Lords of Salem, and oh. then and then that was the end of that. So it, what's interesting too, uh, he had a, he had an interview about Lords of Salem. Which almost brought me back a little bit after the, the trailer because they're talking about the film, how it's like a big film, like the way it's filmed, cinemascope wise, uh, you know. And he's got gum in his mouth and he's chewing the gum and he's talking. And I fucking hate that. <laughs> and about 30 seconds into the interview, he takes the gum out 
because he knows he's being like kind of a dick with it, but not on purpose. It's just like, shit, I got gum in my mouth. I shouldn't do that. And he does that, and this has nothing to do with film, but he takes the gum out of his mouth, and I'm just saying, he actually cares about what he's saying in this interview. Maybe this film will turn out better than what this trailer is showing me. Dude, if he <laughs> cared, he would have taken the gum out before the interview started. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, and I, I don't want to start listing 80s horror films, but Jesus Christ, there's so many fucking classic... I mean, even as far as like Stephen King films alone, Christine, The Dead Zone... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, just some of like some of the best ones ever. Maximum Overdrive, ble- leading into the '90s. There, uh, no I, Maximum Overdrive is like '86. I'm, I'm saying it, getting. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. That's I what I see getting closer I, to the '90s. I, I, sure. I, mis- I, I said it wrong. You know. You know, '90s uh, Stephen King is what Sleepwalkers. Ugh. Wow. Ooh. Straight. I mean, like, like you know what? When King wrote the screenplay for Creepshow. It's an anthology film. That worked. Mm-hmm. Writes a screenplay for Sleepwalkers. Just a story-driven plot. One story-driven plot. It's like, nah, that didn't work. Well, and like he didn't... It's just... Dude, just adapt something of your own. So, no, I'm going to write an original screenplay. I'm going to show these people that keep... And, and of course, you know, it tested horribly. People hated it. And they released it theatrically anyway. And what was the one tagline that they had to sell the film? Stephen King wrote the, uh, the original screenplay by Stephen King. And they made sure to say that, you know, for the first time and because, what was it, 10, 12 years? Because the last time he did it was Creepshow. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Creep was it, did he do Creepshow 2? No. No, I don't he think didn't. so. I'm he didn't. Sure. Write the, he I'm didn't do the screenplay for it. Almost positive he didn't. Yeah. So it goes back all the way. It's like, oh, it's like Stephen King wrote the original screenplay. You need to see this. It's the original screenplay uh, done by Stephen King. Romero. What What dog shit? Romero wrote screenplay for part two. Of course he did. King, King has a stories credit. So stories he, credit? He probably. Okay. Yeah, I, so either. Now, as bad as Creepshow 2 is, I still kind of like it. Now, uh, at least one of them is an adaptation of a Stephen King short story, though. The, the Raft. That was a short story of his. I don't. I don't recall. Uh, I don't yeah, recall. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, what book did that come out of? Was that Graveyard Shift? Either Graveyard Shift or. Uh, um, uh, it's uh, one of those. Yeah. M- Monkey. What, what was it? What was the other one? The anthology book that he wrote. It was a Graveyard Shift? Shift. Shift. Graveyard Shift. Not Graveyard Shift. Graveyard Shift is one of the Night, stories. Night Shift is, is the collection. N- Night Shift. And then nightmares and dreamscapes. Oh, that's that's later. That's, that's later. much later. That's like early '90s, I think. That's where they got films like The Night Flyer and right, uh, you know, shit like that. The Mangler. Yeah. They, they got it out of that one. No Mangler. Uh, Wasn't not... Mangler Nightmares and Dreamscapes? I don't think so. No. Was that Night Shift then? Um, hang on. I'm trying to. I, I'm I'm cheating here. I'm I'm trying to look it up because I I read them back then, but I'm fucking blank. No, I re- I read them all. I still have them. Yeah, the like night shift and um. Right over there. God damn it! Oh, old here we go. Oldest the newest. Oh, these fucking movies. No. Uh. Yeah. Night shift and. Um. <clears throat> what was like not monkey shines, but like the skeleton monkey or something like. Was that one of the? books or was that one of the stories i remember monkey or something like that being something uh as far as stephen king goes it's i'm pretty sure it's before different seasons i could be wrong but because different seasons i think was just four stories 
this is bugging. And I know we're grinding to a halt here, but God damn it. Skeleton Crew. Yeah, you're right. Skeleton Crew. That Thank was after, you. That was after different seasons, and that's in 1985. That's the other one. Skeleton Crew and Night Shift are the two big ones. They had all the best stuff in them. I'm pretty sure the best was in one of those. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure the... I'm, Almost positive the mist was in one of those. Let's see. But I'm not gonna look it, look that up. But you know, I, I, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. The mist was in Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew. All right. But 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 I mean, long story short, even Stephen King like fucked up horror films just by. Oh yeah. But you know, because they, they they just latched on to any big name that was that got a cult following. And then fucked it up, but the '80s just defined like the new generation of horror film. It completely, it took what the '70s did with exploitation and just put that to rest uh, to an extent. It was still exploitation. Horror films are going to be, but right. it really introduced it into a new as a new genre. Oh God, Lawnmower Man was in Night Shift. <laughs> and that's okay. They never made that into a film. You're fucking a right. <laughs> Holy shit! That's why he did Sleepwalkers. Yeah. Lawnmower Man was the one to push them over the edge. Fuck, dude! Fucking Phantasm. Eighties, yeah. eighties yeah, horror yeah, films. Yeah. Fan, I mean, I'm not, and we're not we're not talking mainstream shit like Poltergeist, that crap. But uh, uh, Phantasm, fucking Phantasm. Yep. Yeah, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. I remember that. 1993. That's the Night Flyer was in that one. Yeah, I can't even. If I started listening to '80s horror films now, we'd be here for another hour. It just is ridiculous. But but, Reanimator is one of the top films of that list. Just it was its own film. It was something completely not original or not new, but completely its own. It, Absolutely. It wasn't borrowing from anything else popular. It wasn't trying to m pretend to be something else. It was its own fucking thing, and it was its own fucking thing. When nobody else was doing Lovecraft. That's right. I mean, uh, what was the last great Lovecraft film? Was that uh, in the Mouth of Madness? Animator was the great last. The great. No, la the la I'm talking about the last one. The biggest. Well, mainstream. Uh, like the one that Carpenter did in the mouth in the, not, the Mouth of Madness. Not technically a Lovecraft film. That's that's a it's it's like an homage to Lovecraft, but it's not actually based on a Lovecraft story. And it wasn't. Um, What's his face? Uh, the, 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 Guillermo del Toro wasn't he doing at the Mountains of Madness, which is actually Lovecraft. That is actually Lovecraft. I've heard uh, they they've been talking about doing Mountains of Madness for you know si since the eighties. You kept hearing noises about that. Yeah, and you know what? It's like maybe Guillermo del Toro should stop you know doing fucking movies like Pacific Rim with two hundred million dollar budgets and just you know kick out a thirty million dollar you know horror film like he used to do fucking devil's backbone and shit you know like come on get with it man you've got a ton of like um from beyond what do you have my plex no no i'm, I'm just checking hp lovecraft's oh. imdb credit uh just just refreshing my memory you got a lot of like short store or short uh features and directed video stuff and uh you know all these the, the, you know there's tons of this stuff going on now but nothing mainstream, nothing like theatrical, okay. uh, that you're gonna see, you know, in the theater. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it, Lovecraft is, has become mainstream, so to speak, without actually becoming mainstream. Sure, you can't fucking go across a social media site without seeing some sort of Cthulhu, 
fucking meme. Like, for real. It's just literally everywhere. And nobody knows... They just know, oh, Cthulhu. They just... They don't know much anything else. Uh, And I... I I don't want to say the blame. That's the wrong term. But this generation doesn't really know that stuff. They'll be introduced to it in some way. And hopefully they'll enjoy it. But Mm -hmm. once they kind of get introduced to it, I think it'll be great for them, you know, to read some of the old Lovecraft stuff. See where the origins of Cthulhu is, not some fucking Facebook meme. Yeah, and, and I've, I've always said, like, uh, Edgar Allan Poe was a pussy <laughs> compared to Lovecraft. Yeah. I, I do like Poe, though. Yeah, he's okay. When, when you're going for the more artsy, uh, you know, the artsy angle for horror, you go Poe. Yeah, if you're going for more horror, horror, Lovecraft. Well, fucking A, right? Come on. All right, so let's go ahead and rate this. Hold on. Here's the difference between Poe and Lovecraft. Poe is 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 like, yo, my 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 my, the love of my life is dead. With Lovecraft, it's like we're all gonna die alone in a in a godless universe. Well, I mean, what's more scary? Well, a a, <laughs> uh, Poe, his the time period that he lived in was more like a poetic type of storytelling, and. Lovecraft. I mean, they're separated by almost a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're going to get the differences. You know, Poe is more a refined uh, type of writer, type of stories he's written. Ponce. He's a ponce. Yeah, and Lovecraft is like you said. It's like, yeah, you're going to die alone, and it's going to be bad. <laughs> uh, you're not going to like. Uh, you're not going to like the next page. Let's put it that way. You know, that's a Lovecraft type type story. Yeah. So, but anyway. Anyway. All right, let's rate this thing. Oh, um, okay. It's currently, uh, for for this type of film, I'm actually surprised at how high it is on IMDb. Well, again, it's it's a huge cult classic. This is yeah. one of the films that defined the era of, of uh, horror films, the, the, you know, the 80s era. So uh, I had to go back to it. I just backspaced too far. That's okay. Uh, so it, it's up to what? Um, 7.3 out oh, of 10. Way too low. It is low. I mean, for us... And for anyone that needs to see this film, it's low. I will go no lower than eight. I agree. I'm, I'd be willing to go nine. Nine? N- n- hold on. I'd be. I said willing to go nine. I'm waiting for you to talk me into a nine. But I don't eight... think I'm going to. I, I. You know. I think the director's cut and the theatrical cut are both flawed in certain ways. Right. And I actually realize I need to have both cuts. I only have the director's cut. I should get I should get the theatrical. Yeah, you it's one of those films because it's like you said the dynamic is a little different it is. about how it's delivered to the screen for you. Yeah, and again, and the the theatrical is tighter because they they trimmed all the extra stuff they didn't need. So even though you're missing a few key scenes, right. in my opinion, and the theatrical, but to be completely honest, is the one I grew up on. Exactly. So yeah. you know that's why I should have it. So. Right. But being completist, we watch the director's cut. Of uh, course. That's the cut that you're going to watch more times than not. Sure. But if I'm um, feeling this, like, really nostalgic, I'll put on the, the, the theatrical I, cut. I'd say a uh, reanimator works despite its weaknesses, but I, th- those weaknesses are still there. And even though they, they do uh, add, add to the charm of the film, uh, I still, they still wouldn't, they would prevent me from giving it a 10. Right. It's not a perfect film, but it does exactly what it meant to do, uh, warts and all. So I would I would stick with eight. Eight is great. Eight is great. Eight is great. And uh, and I What's that's it, you know you're gonna like the demographics on this one. Uh, 
Oh, they're all the the lowest demographic is females under eighteen. Why are you even watching it? <laughs> why is why is a female under the age of eighteen watching this film? Did, did we talk about the uh, the severed head giving head to a naked woman? Yeah, the the whole uh, yeah cunnilingus uh, uh, the severed head thing. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who who's we didn't talk about it, but yeah, it, uh, it's there. Giving head. It's it's yes. Obviously, it's a metaphor, but it's 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 it's, it's, it's hey, you know what? You know what? A metaphor like that? It's like take a sledgehammer <laughs> and uh, just beat yourself over the head with it. That's the way that that metaphor is. Oh, is just now, pushed out that way. Now, with one exception, the um, the lowest demographic is females under eighteen at six point eight. The highest demographic is males under eighteen at seven point five. <laughs> there you go. Now the only the only exception to the lowest demographic is IMDb staff gives it six point five. M- Assholes, motherfuckers, really, Assholes. really. Is there like any? Are there any like? I don't know. I I don't I don't understand the IMDb staff. I'm assuming they're more computer people than movie people. I don't know what what they. I don't know. Well, what, what, and and I'm not going to use the term millennial because I'm with you on that. But I think they're probably from a younger generation that maybe does not not doesn't get it. That's not the right term. They're just used to everything being pretty and glitzy, and I, they I, probably I, took away too much of the campiness and the you know the, the 80s style horror and just said you know what no, this is above average and that's where I'm going with it. Also, since only seven IMDb staff, and I'm assuming there's got to be at least 20 IMDb staff. Yeah. Like, like, go to Godfather and see how many IMDb staff rated The Godfather. That's a uh, popular film that people like to rate. Sure. All right, let me do that. IMDb. And I'm I got one I'm going to check. A, a new page because I have my challenge on the screen up for Oh, okay. Um, Godfather. I mean, that one's rated extremely high. It's like over nine. How many IMDb staff rated that? 1.1 million votes. 9.2 out of 10. IMDb staff voted on that. You got 63. Okay. You know how many voted on Avatar? <laughs> how many? 44. That's a lot. So, two two of the biggest films as far not as far as quality, but as far as viewership. I mean, you've got 66 and 44. Only seven of them have watched Reanimator or rated it. So, huh? I rest my case. That's that's a crazy stat for The Godfather. 53.1 percent. 600,000 votes gave it a 10. Oh, 270,000 yeah. votes gave it a 9. That's because you're supposed to give it a 10. 129. It's a fucking perfect movie. 129,000 votes gave it an 8. Okay. Uh, and obviously, for the joke, 32,000 people gave it a 1. It's like, yeah, come on. Only. You, you can't. You, you can't. You can't say you even enjoy film, even a minuscule amount. And say that the Godfather's a one. Stop it. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven IMDb staff rated Scarface. Uh, what did what did that get? Eight. Uh, their average was seven point seven. Yeah, that's it's that's a good film. That's about an eight. I I love the film Scarface. I'd actually put that closer to a ten, but I think I'd settle on a nine. You know, and that's a popular one for younger people too, because the the whole cocaine thing. Uh, well, you know what? You know what it is too. A lot of uh, R and B, hip hop, and rap artists 
uh, they use right. that for their their music and everything. And yeah. a lot of young people, uh, mostly white young people, are listening to uh, rap these days, even more than it, the, the 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 statistic on that is actually pretty staggering. That more white people listen to rap than black people. Ah. I mean, there are there are more white people, but still, hmm. it's amazing hmm. how how big it is. Thirty thirty one. IMDb staffers reviewed E.T., but only 20 IMDb staffers reviewed Tron. No, that's Tron Legacy. Shit, I looked the wrong one. <laughs> Goddamn IMDb. I think you're going to be disappointed with how many <laughs> reviewed the original that, film. That's what I'm, I'm trying to... Yeah, you're probably looking at under 10 15. on that one. 15. 15? Wow, yeah. Okay. So, that's something. Alright, so uh, we're giving... Um... Gave it an 8. And, gave it an eight. Perfect. And you can, and you can look up our um, IMDb. Uh, we have an IMDb. Uh, what do you call it? Um, profile. Profile on uh, movie. It's called Movie Sucktastic. You can find it there. Haven't done much with it, but it, it's uh, our ratings are there, and I'm trying to start doing lists and stuff on there, uh, along with everything else. Yeah, and reviews. We got to start posting reviews up there. Uh, you know. Yeah, we we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to do a lot of stuff. All right. So your challenge. Yes. Okay, now, the way I did this was, you know, you got the whole mad scientist angle. That's uh -huh. my connection. But the film that I'm challenging to you has a lighter, more uh, comedic take on it. And you should be able to guess this. I mean, you mentioned Frank Henenlotter earlier. It's a Frank Henenlotter movie. So it should be pretty easy to guess, but... That's oh, what I'm challenging oh, you to. Oh, dude, I love you. <laughs> I'm challenging you to Frankenhook. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> oh. It's it's, it's a classic. It's a cult classic. It should be a film we review. So I saw no better way. This is the only thing I'm thinking of watching this. It's like you know what? How about I'm just thinking, it's the same thing. But it's it's light. It's still a horror film. But it's light. It's comedic. It's fun. <clears throat> Mad scientist. Wife gets run over by a lawnmower. Puts her back together with dead hooker parts. Come on. What's not to love? And I, I am a huge fan of James Lawrence. I don't think he did nearly enough. He was in Street Trash. We interviewed when we reviewed that. Oh man, <laughs> I had a piece of that chicken. <laughs> oh shit! He yeah. was in, he was in Bridge of Spies. As who? Gentlemen on subway number two. Poor Frank. <laughs> Poor Frank. He had such promise. I really, you know, I think the Jerky Boys film is what did him in. Man, or James? I'm not Frank. I meant James Lawrence. Yeah. Um, it was James Lawrence or Frank Henenlotter in Bridge of Spies. It was James Lawrence. James right? Lawrence. James Lawrence. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, we he he played such like a, a horrible character in the Jerky Boys. I I, I feel like that just killed him. Yeah, it, it, it his a part of his soul died when he made Jerky uh, Boys. You know, a part of all of our souls died when the Jerky Boys movie <laughs> came out. He was in the tightest TV series as Salesman. I don't remember him in that. Uh, I, I, it's been a while. He was in RoboCop 3 as Upset Driver. <laughs> now, I, I he was great. There's this TV show. It only lasted 13 episodes. It was never renewed or anything. Called City. And and he was. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, it was it was like a a female mayor, 
and it, I, it, I always feel bad saying this, but it was a female ma- mayor, and then she had a, the, her staff, and it was like two women and two guys, and then James Lawrence played the uh, security guard at City Hall. And I, I always, it was like, a, the, the focus of the film was we have strong female leads here, you know, the female mayor and everything, but the funniest, the only people that were funny on that show, or the funniest people on that show, I'd say, were the guys. Oh, really? And and Lawrence was fucking hilarious because he was just like, you know, he played your typical dim-witted security guard, but the writing was just spot on. I was just like, there was this one thing where there's a suicide or something, or somebody dies, and he writes the report, and it's in French. <laughs> he, he says, why, what's this? I say, well, people have their ways of dealing with uh, death. Mine is to write about it in a language I don't fully comprehend. And then, like two, and you know, it's it's a brick joke. It's set up for a running gag. So two or three times during the during the show, someone would say something in French. He'd go, "Huh?" <laughs> it's stupid, but he pulled it off. He had he had great delivery, that kind of stuff. And I just I, he should have done he should have done so much more than what he did. I really, really, really feel that he did a, he's doing. A, he did a film. It's in post production called the Trans Transfiguration, which is uh, this year. Says his title is detective. So yes. you know what that means? He's just some some guy standing on on the sidelines. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't want to work anymore. Maybe he just kind of wants to work. It's possible. Maybe I I just feel like you know it's got to be a, a certain point. You just like say whether or not he's like, oh I'm doing great or you know you know what maybe you know <laughs> this isn't working out the way I thought. This, this is a guy that Tarantino should bring back. Oh well, I don't. We, know. Al- we always we always talk about that. Like Tarantino does. Does that like he gets these actors that used to kind of be famous, and he puts them in his films, even in small parts? And but I, I'd have to see how I don't know how he's going to look and act twenty years later. You know, I'd have to see what he looks like now. This is true. It's possible. I just I get the feeling because you know he's born in New York City. Um, he a lot of the films that he did had that New York feel to it. You know, so you knew he was living in and around New York, and I just get the feeling like. This guy lives in Jersey somewhere. Like he lives closer to me than I probably would ever expect. You know, like he lives like ten miles down the road in like Hoboken or something. You know what he did? He kind of did like the Dennis Leary thing to an in a way before like Dennis Leary was doing it. What was that? Like the angry? Just kind of like that rambling thing. Like, like I, I, I'm not explaining it properly. It's not the rant per se, but his delivery has that kind of flavor that he could have been doing Dennis Leary type stuff. Okay. I, I, I you know, it's it's not a hundred percent. It's it's a weird thing. I can't even describe it, so I shut up. He was in a film called God Has a Rap Sheet as unfunny drunken fool at bar. <laughs> <laughs> Poor James. What, what? So I'm the unfunny guy? Okay. Uh, unfunny drunken fool at bar. Written and directed by Kamal Ahmed. Oof. Closer to home. Ooh, garage ooh, mechanic. Ooh, who who was who he's one of the jerky boys. He played Brett Ware. Brett, get Brett Ware, I said. <laughs> he's the fucking jerky boy. Oh my god. The Jerky Boy made a movie. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. And he was in it, which means that he didn't totally blame him for putting him in the Jerky Boy's movie. I'm not saying he blamed him. I'm saying I blame them. <laughs> I blame them. It's a, that was a stain that, that, that permanently marked all who touched it. 
<sighs> man. All right. All right. I think we're done. Yes, we are. All right. We're going to do some uh, exiting music here. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you, all, as always, for listening to us. This is episode 207. Make sure and go to our website, which I may or may not be redoing. I got some like amazing offer. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I punish myself like this. Uh, go to moviesucktastic.com, and you can download all the shows there, totally free. Uh, you can watch the show live every week, Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Uh, you can download the shows and just put them on your phone, your iPod, wherever, however you're listening. Um, you can also go to iTunes and you can download the show that way. If you go there, be sure to leave us a review or rate the show. We always appreciate it. Uh, if you want to email us, the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to leave us voicemail, it's 908-514-4470. If you want to go to our Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. Everything we do, everything we say, all the movie trailers, everything, it's on our Facebook page as well. If you want to go to our Tumblr page, it's moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. And of course, the 100% free Android app for your device, phone, tablet, phablet, whatever the fuck you're using. Go and get that. It's 100% free. There's a mobile version of the website for you iPhone users. Um... Or you can just do a general search for Movie Sucktastic in your favorite search engine. Scott likes Google. Google it. And uh, that about does it. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? I have a theory. Overdose. <laughs> Here's a scene where uh, the doctor's feeling her uh, unconscious body up. It's like grabbing on her boobs and squeezing them. Yeah, baby. Ah, He's making that face. He's like, oh, ah, yeah. Like I'm a livered severed head right now, but oh! You're a liver, you're you're a severed head, and your body's fondling a naked girl. You've got to camp it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no other way to play that. None. No. There's none. Anyway, all right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week, where we review Frank and Hooker. Looking forward to that. Oh yeah. Bye bye. Bye. Of course he's dead, the dosage was too large. <laughs>